I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. Every summer in my blog posts, videos, and emails that I write to my audience, I like talking to people about how to communicate with children. The little beings in our lives are learning how to communicate from us adults. So I think it's very important that we learn how to use our language and be conscious of the language that we're using with our little ones, because just like the language that you and I hear in our internal dialogue is or was the language of our parents, our caregivers, teachers, and other adults around us, the language that the children around us hear from us will become the language of their internal dialogue as they grow. And of course, I could give you many examples of how to communicate with children. Many of you don't know, but I was an elementary school teacher for six and a half years in the United States, and I worked with children from various cultures, teaching them English as a second language and then bilingual education. However, I have a special treat for you. I am bringing an expert because today I'm going to interview Caroline Gracewold. Caroline is a respectful parenting coach who works with parents using approaches that are rooted in deep respect for children and their natural capacity. Approaches that are also rooted in parents, respect for parents and their needs. One of the many things I love about Caroline is that she weaves into her work how to help parents foster open and empathic communication with their children from the very start and sometimes even before they're born. <laughs> and um, Caroline is also my teaching partner. Our work is very aligned and together we have taught for three, I think, four years, how to leave a powerful communication legacy to children so that children can grow being confident, resilient, and compassionate. And Caroline is a dear friend of mine. We met over a decade ago at a yoga retreat at Esalen in Big Sur, California, and our friendship has deepened in many ways through the years. And I witness her in her conscious parenting journey with her son. And it's a gift to witness that for me and I think for other parents as well. So without further ado, I'm delighted to bring Caroline on. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Alejandra. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining the Language Alchemy podcast. So, as I said in the introduction, I used to be an elementary school teacher, and I worked with 
children from all over the world, from kindergarten to fifth grade. And I loved connecting with kids, teaching them language. And there were specifically three things that I was very mindful of doing as I was communicating with them. I wanted to learn how to speak their language first. So as they were learning English and they were using certain words, I made sure that I was using those words as well and then would add other options for them. But first, connecting with them at the level of the language that they were using. And I found that to be important because it puts us in the same energetic wavelength. The second thing that I used to do to connect with children, well, I still do it, but when I was a teacher, is something that my mother taught me. My mother was a teacher herself, and she would always say, when you want to connect with your student, you have to bring yourself eye-to-eye level with that student. So I would come down on to the floor or make sure, you know, I'm not very tall, <laughs> but made sure that I could be at eye level with my students and connect to them with them at that level. And the third thing that I would do is that I was constantly asking myself, how could I be empathic with them? What might they be experiencing? Especially as they were having big experiences for them, big feelings. I wanted to make sure that I was curious about them and mirror them with my language, sometimes with my body language. Uh, What do you think about these things, Caroline? I love this. It's so clear that you are doing these things and helping them feel safe, which is what we all need to be able to feel connected. And I think those are beautiful ways of showing children that we're willing to see them, we're willing to meet them where they are, and that we want to know them. That's right. Yes. And as we want to meet them where they are, and we want to know them, with the pandemic, kids have been having a very different experience than before 2020 and how children were raised or the experiences that they had. I don't need to remind anybody, but during 2020 and 2021, children have been living with their parents 24-7 and spending a lot of time with them. Parents having to become their friends, their playmates, their parents, their teachers, as many kids were doing online teacher uh, school. So one of the questions that I have for you, Caroline, is in your experience with kids, how is it that we as adults and as things may be opening up or we are now maybe going back to school or seeing family and seeing people that we haven't seen in a long time, maybe it's easier for us adults, but um, how can we as adults connect with little ones when we see them knowing that they have not seen many adults in person, not just on the screen, but in the flesh for a long time. What are some things that we can do to connect with children? Yeah. I love that you're asking this question. I feel like it applies to all of us, whether we have kids or not, right? We're right. All 
seeing children and and you know we want most of us all of us i think want to want to do well when we're with children we want to do well for them and by them so i have three three ideas things that i think can really help and the first is that i think we can help a lot to connect with kids by getting curious hmm. and you talked about this when you were talking about what you did as a teacher you know it's when we get curious we assume that we don't know you know, we don't know who this little person is. And this this is useful even for parents, right? Like I try to, my son is seven and a half and I know him very well, probably better than anyone, but I still, I try to be curious about him because of course he's a little different every day. And, you know, today he's a little more tender and tomorrow he's a little more playful. And so when we get curious, we we try to know and understand where is this child and how can I meet them where they are, like we were saying? And yeah. I think it also naturally helps us slow down, you know, so that we can just move into the space in a way that the child can feel safe, as we were saying before. And I always think about, you know, I meet new children often when I go work with a new family. And each time I try to remind myself, you know, get curious and go slowly. And I remember meeting this little 18 month old, maybe two year old once. And I came into her house and she was standing right there. And as I came in, she just looked at me and I looked at her and then I slowly, you know, sank down to her level, just as you were saying, and just said, hi, you know, and she toddled over to me and she just put her head on my lap. Oh, you know, it was so, so sweet and tender. And, you know, that was what she wanted. That's how she wanted to connect. Another right. child I met just two weeks ago, you know, I came in and he wanted to play right away, you know, and I moved slowly with him too, but he was ready to go. So this is what we can learn if we go slowly. So that's one uh, thing. I love that. I love the get curious and go slowly. I remember, Caroline, growing up in Argentina as a child, how when we would encounter my mom's friends, they would come and want to give me big hugs and big kisses. And, uh, <laughs> right. you know, I would, I still remember what it felt like wet lips on my yes. cheeks, you know, lips that were not my parents' lips or my sister's lips. And uh, they would pinch my cheeks and, I remember feeling like a combination of like, uh, I, I don't know, like embarrassment and like I wanted to run out of there, but like I'm trapped. I'm a kid. I can't do anything. Right. It's true. And we can't when we're small. We get frozen. I remember that, too. So we it's such a sign of respect, I think, to move slowly and let the child come to us in the way that feels most authentic to them. And then. And they also open their hearts to us when we do that. And it's then we get to develop a relationship with them on their terms. And it's that's what we all want, right? We want that as much as kids do. Yeah, I, I love that, that we can invite children in a way that it sounds like we are following their lead right. instead of being maybe like, you know, the cartoon Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And, uh, and that then, that allows perhaps children to feel safe and comfortable enough to open their hearts to us and let us in. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 
anything else that you can um, suggest to us as adults how we can connect with children as we're seeing them now? Yeah, two other little things. So one is that we can get silly. And I know, you know, this is um, some of us, this comes more easily to some of us than others. And sometimes we we get a little frozen around children and we don't know how to do it. Or a child maybe is a little more timid at first or needs to take a little more time to get to know us. But getting silly is a very wonderful way to connect with children. And of course, because we're being curious, we we notice how silly to get. You know, maybe we just, if it's a younger child, we play a little peekaboo or we make a little bit of a silly face and see, do they laugh a little? Do they do they smile back at us? And for an older child, like that older child I mentioned who I met recently, he was laughing and laughing. I was getting able to get really silly with him right away, you know, playing with a jack in the box over and over, being scared by it. Oh, you know, and so it depends how silly it depends on the child. But when we help children laugh without tickling them, and often at our expense, you know, we the grown-ups right. are the ones that you know, fall down or get confused. Children find that enormously nourishing. And it, again, it helps increase their sense of safety, their sense of connection to us. And they feel that, oh, we're, we're meeting them where they are again, just as we keep coming back to that. So getting silly is a great way to connect with children. Oh, I, I love that. Uh, And we can find different ways of getting silly, right? Like making a face or like you were saying, peekaboo or Or like you're suggesting, like we, the joke is on us. We are the silly ones. We're not making fun of them. (laughs) I know that at a certain time, developmentally, children are very aware about whether we're laughing with them or at them. (laughs) I recently had a wonderful visitor, my godson, and we haven't seen each other in, in over a year. And we were playing this game. And at some point he thought, we were making fun of him. So there was a lot of opportunity there to connect with him and make sure that he knew that we were not making fun of him. So how important it is to be silly, but we are the silly ones. Right. We're the ones that can't get it right. And we bumble and then they get to laugh at us. Exactly. So much better. <laughs> so much better. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And you were mentioning you had a third thing yes, that you wanted to tell thing. us. So, and that thing is to listen. Mm. You know, we um, we do so much talking as grown-ups, and our kids just they notice and they need our listening so much. And it's very and sometimes you know, listening can mean just listening to a story in whatever version they are telling it, whatever age they are. All children tell stories. Even before they can talk, they try to tell us stories, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And and it can mean listening when feelings come up. So like your little godson, you know, often if children do feel that we're making fun of them, then tears will come or they'll feel very hurt. And we get to listen to that too. That's one of the primary ways that we can connect and show that we want to know a child and that we, we're we interested in all parts of them, not just the happy parts, but the parts that feel hurt or the parts that feel sad or the parts that feel frustrated. So when we listen, whether it's our child or not, we go such a long way to connecting authentically and, and strongly with a child. Uh, I love that, that 
in order to welcome them as they are, it's so important to listen to them and be in that open, receptive space instead of crowding the space with our words. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. Thank you so much. This is so helpful. So get curious, go slowly, get silly, and listen. Yeah, and really I'm wondering, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's four <laughs> things. They're yeah. very, uh, very useful. And I'm wondering, since you coach parents, you work with families, what is something that we can tell parents to uh, maybe help their children connect with adults or connect with others as maybe they are going out to activities, going out to a, a wedding or a family event, a family reunion, and they're going to see people they haven't seen in a long time, other children. What is something that parents themselves can do with their children? Yeah, well, we can prepare them. That's one of the biggest things we can do that can be helpful. And that's yeah. very simple, you know, just to say, here's what's going to happen. I think, you know, we're going to go to this place, whether it's school or a, a gathering. Here are the people you might see. Here's what we think it will be like. How does that sound to you? You know, engage them and just talking to the extent they're comfortable. We don't have to push and force in any way, but just to let kids know, here's what it might be like. So they get to prepare a little internally. Mm -hmm. And then we can um, either before or at that event, you know, whether it's depending on the event, you know, if it's school, sometimes we're very bound by the schedule. So we have to go with the flow, but right. before school, after school, or at an event, sometimes even during the event, we can carve out a little slice of time to give 100% of our attention to our child just for a few minutes, five minutes, seven minutes, mm -hmm. even 10 minutes. Um, in my work, we call that special time. And we, what we do then is we drop everything. We drop our phone. We drop any planning with another grown-up in our house. We don't even think about what we're going to make for dinner. We just focus on the child. And when we do this, we really plump up their sense of safety and connection with us, their sense of being loved and seen. You know, it's so rare for our kids to have 100% of our attention because yeah. of the way we live. Mm -hmm. And this can be such a beautiful way of just reminding them, hey, it's us. You know, we're together. We're a unit. We deeply love each other. I see you. And they show us, you know, what's on their mind, what they're thinking about. So that can be a great way to help kids before uh, going back out there, wherever mm -hmm. they're going, and also as they reconnect with us when they're done. Mm. I find that special time is so important during these times because as parents have been, their attention has been called in multiple ways, but they are in the same home as the child, but they are with their phone, they're, they're working from home, they are answering phone calls and emails, they're not going away and then coming back to their family. So they have so many opportunities right now, parents to, to be distracted, multitasking. And then of course, there are all the house chores and all the planning and all the things that parents need to take into account. Parenting is never easy. <laughs> and <laughs> especially right. these times for 
them to have that connecting time with their children, that special time is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing what that practice is like. Yeah. And uh, as I said, uh, something that I have learned from you, Caroline, is to, and I've seen it with parents that I work with and that I worked with in the past, that yes, parenting is not an easy task. And during these times of the pandemic, it's been particularly challenging and it continues to be. As we are maybe coming out of it or not, there are lots of challenging issues with child caring, schooling, like I said, parents working from home. So there are a lot of stressed out parents out there. What would you recommend, Caroline, that we can do to connect with stressed out parents, whether we are one of them, whether we are a stressed out parent? or not, as we are connecting with parents, what can we do? I love that you're asking this question. I feel like there's so much focus on how the pandemic has been for kids. And we acknowledge that it's been hard on parents, but we don't talk enough about what parents need. And I feel like parents are, as you said so beautifully, such great need right now for the longer this goes on, the greater the need gets. So thank you for asking this. I think we can do three things. We can. I love these three. three I know. Three. I have my three things. <laughs> I'm going to throw you for a little loop here, but yeah, yeah. we can listen. Hmm. We can listen. We can listen. Ah, oh, yeah. That is the thing that we need the most. We have to listen. And I don't mean the kind of listening that we do where we try to um, join with a parent where we say, yes, I know, me too. Oh my gosh. And what I do is this, and you should try this. You know, I mean, listening where we just say, tell me, tell me what it's like. Tell me more. Oh, tell me more. You know, parents are, and I really include myself in this. We are holding so much stress and worry and, Um, hope and so much emotional need for our our children and for ourselves. And if we have partners or co-parents, you know, how, how we can do this and get everybody's needs met. And for the most part, we're not, you know, we're doing the best we can, but we need a way, just like our children need a way to offload the stress of their growing and learning and changing. When we listen to them, they get to do that. We parents need to be listened to in a way that we rarely, rarely get. And that is just with warmth, with attention, with the perspective of the other person, just thinking here in front of me is a good parent, a person who deeply cares and is good and wants to do well by their children. Let me just make space for this person and just try to be that warm, attentive listener. So, Mm I think we can't, I can't say enough about how profound this offering can be. And I've seen it in my own parenting and I've seen it with many, many families that I've worked with. Um, When we get that kind of listening, it can be tremendously healing for us and it can help us think again, help us think, what would be the right thing? What could I do for my kid to help them through this tough spot? Or what do I need to be able to function better as a parent right now? So it opens up space for us to think again, think well about our families and and what what we all need. 
Ah, oh, so important to listen. And even as I was listening to you and listening to these words that you were saying, Caroline, I felt myself softening and having more spaciousness myself, having a picture of talking to parents and welcoming them like we would their children with that openness, taking them as they are and offering them that space for them to speak, for them to offload. I'm also thinking that as parents are having this gift of us listening to them, then they can offload that stress. They don't have to take it back home. Right. That's exactly it. And then we yeah. have, then we can be, you know, more playful with our kids, silly. We can have more curiosity. We can spend more time, right? If, we, if we're so loaded with all of our own stress, it's very hard to even spend 10 minutes of 100% focused attention, right? Because all we can think is, oh, what am I going to cook? And who's going to do the laundry? And when am I going to get, is this kid going to read when they go to school? Or, right. oh, you know, all the worries <laughs> flood in. Ah, oh, so many worries. Yes. Thank you so much. I can't stress enough that importance of listening. When I work with couples, that's what we work on the most when one of them is stressed and they need to tell something to the other. All those questions that you were asking, tell me more and what else? And tell me how it is for you. Ah, oh, beautiful gifts that we can offer to parents. Again, whether we're a parent or not, when we are talking to other parents, let's just remember to hold them with care and listen to their, their experiences. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, anything that you'd like to add, Caroline? I'm just so thrilled that your work in the world is to help people learn to listen to one another and to communicate with more empathy, more openness, more confidence. It's such a gift to those of us that have children and to those who don't because we we're reshaping the way that our world looks. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, Carolyn and I could talk about this forever when we plan <laughs> classes. <laughs> we sometimes say we're going to work for an hour and it's an hour and we just talked about a topic that we're both so passionate about. But how can people stay connected with you, Caroline? You have so many beautiful offerings. Whether you are a parent or not, Caroline has beautiful tools to share with you so that you can feel more connected and help kids be more connected and feel safer around you. So how can people stay connected with you? Yeah, thank you. I'd love to connect with your folks. And you can, one of the primary ways that I love to connect with people is through my weekly email, which is called the Parenting Pause. It's a one-minute read email that I send Monday mornings with one tool or idea to think about that week in your parenting or in your life with little people, right, Alejandra? That's right. I get it every Monday. I love it. This Monday was around listening. It was and about I listening. loved it. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you can sign up for that at fertile ground parenting forward slash parenting pause. Wonderful. We're going to put that in the show notes. 
Great. And I also have a respectful discipline toolbox that I offer to parents when they're in those tough spots with their kids and they want to discipline with more respect and openness using the tools that we talked about a little bit today. And you can find that on my website also, fertilegroundparenting.com. And I'll put, we can put a direct link in the show notes, I think. Yes. Too, right, Alejandro. Yes. That's such a great guide. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And I teach classes uh, through Natural Resources in San Francisco. And I have a class on parenting toddlers coming up on October 24th. And I also have one on respectful discipline, uh, using some of these tools and workshopping them with other parents that's in December. Wonderful. And are these classes in person? Or are they online? Right now they're online and it looks like they may stay that way for a while. So people can join from anywhere they are. Beautiful. All right. So we're going to put those links in the show notes as well. And we have come to the end of this episode. Caroline, thank you so much for the work that you do to bring in more compassion, more peace, more consciousness to parenting and children so that they can grow being more empathic, resilient, compassionate, and confident. And uh, thank you all for listening to this episode. And a special thanks to my client, Lucia, for supporting me in so many ways, and especially for always being curious about how to communicate with her daughter and bringing that to our coaching sessions. So thank you for listening to this episode. You will hear me again next week, as we say in Argentina. Ciao, ciao. And if you listen to the end of this episode or the beginning, the original music was composed by Gary Lapoe. And you can find the link to Gary Lapoe's music on uh, the show notes at languagealchemy.com. <laughs>